I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. TMS is brought to you daily by the support of our patrons at patreon.com slash TMS. Like, not maton, not a monoton, not tomaton, not a maton, not a maton, Matthew Coover, and TJ Bellinger. Coming up on TMS, feeling moist today. Bagelman, Schwartz, and Lieberman. Tweezer nuts seeking power. Use your unit for good. Mansplaining porches. The Tina, 10%. We're not talking about the fatty pocket scandal. I like small whoppers and I cannot lie. Murder hornet. We're too busy making netcasts you love from people you trust. Durans. Always two there are. No more, no less. Hardcore porch piracy. He is six foot huge. Just rub a pepper in it. Getting in the noticing and the whatnot with Wendy and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. I'm down here in the his house. You know, the heezy with the GC posse to get the 411 on game crazy. I just heard about they're going to jack a load of these Pokemon cards. The Morning Stream. We're not toys, we're action figures. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to TMS. It's the Morning Stream for August 31st, 2023, last day of the month. I'm Scott, and that's Brian. Hi. Hello, Scott. Yeah, how's it feel to be at the end of another uh, speedy month? Uh, The end of the month as we know it, Mm -hmm. and I feel fine. Do you feel fine? Good. I feel fine. Um, Red Frag will just remind me that she's uh, prepping for Dragon Con, which begins today. Oh, right. I'm going to ask you, obviously, you know, Atlanta on uh, Labor Day weekend, and it's uh, scorching temperatures, but um, if... If they ever said, hey, we'd love for you guys to come down and do a live TMS here at Dragon Con and we'll take care of your your hotel, um, would you do it? Yes. Would you? Yes. <laughs> wow. No, no heartbeat. No, not even a hesitation. Oh, yeah. No, I don't mind. If they if they said, yeah, I mean, if they were like, hey, we'll, we'll uh, you know, here's your flight, here's your hotel. You know, they basically do like BlizzCon press level attention or whatever. You know, they just yeah. they get us in. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'd go to that. I'd, pr- I'd do okay, a well, lot of things. I happen to know a guy. I might make this happen for 2024. Do, do you know if Dunaway still does stuff for them? Or he's is he not? not he's he, not. He but I do, do know that. the guy who does. He's a guy that I did a Pokemon Go show uh, with for quite some time. Oh, and Charles McFall. Right. Charles and, McFall. And he if he basically was like, hey, would you come down and do a live Coverville? Could I, could we get you to? Because he's now heading up the uh, podcasting thing mm. there. Mm. Swoopy gave it to Dunaway and... Uh, and Nicole, and then they gave it to McFall. 
Um, I didn't know. Uh, oh, yeah. Swoopy used to be. That's right. Man, this yeah. goes way back. Swoopy. Somebody... The Skepticality podcast. Yeah. I know. Remember that? She was fantastic. She is fantastic. Um, yeah, she's great. Anyway. Her partner on that. Remember he had that stroke, but then is totally fine yes. now? He's and like, I'm trying to remember if I feel horrible because I can't remember his name. Craig? <sighs> Uh, it was something. Oh shit! I should know this. I should Dang know it. this too. And it was a real bummer because I remember the year. God, I the know. year it happened was the year that they got shown up on stage where Steve Jobs is talking about the new podcast director. Yes. So it may have been like yes. 06 or 07. And yeah, he that night he had that that stroke. That's yeah. awful, man. I feel oh so my bad god. For him. She uh, she was the very first podcaster I met outside of. Outside of the two local Denver podcasters, so that very first podcast um, podcast expo in Ontario, California, in two thousand five, I think two thousand five, may have been five. Yeah, Tina and I fly out there. We get off the plane at the uh, lovely Ontario airport, the Inland Valley of California, Mm. and we're on the bus um, uh, from the. Uh, I guess it, it just went right to the hotel. There was like a shuttle that went right from the airport to the the hotel. There was no reason for us to get a car out there. Yeah. And um, and we see this person. She's got like uh, um, stickers on her suitcase that somehow I think it was like a microphone sticker or something. That makes sense. Um, might have even been like a daily source code sticker. And I said, oh. Are you a podcaster? And she's like, I am. I do this uh, show called Skepticality. Do you do? Are you a podcaster? I said, Yeah, I, I do a show called Coverville. We both kind of geeked out over each other for <laughs> yeah. for the, the rest of the uh, the ride. <laughs> she, was, she was always very nice to talk to. A very kind person. I liked her a lot. Um, Derek yeah. Collian or Colin Duno. Derek, yeah, Colin Duno. Yeah, right. that was the guy. They Derek. haven't done an episode. See, they started in 05, so they're old timers. Yeah, yeah. And they haven't done an episode since 2019. I don't know if it ended or if there's some sort of, could be like a, you know, maybe it's just on hold. I don't know. I don't know what the deal mm-hmm. is. But mm-hmm. yeah, these are one of the, like the the OGs. They're man. OGs. Yeah. <clears throat> and I remember when they got that thing on stage, it was like a huge boon to their, to their stuff. So they ended up getting like, <laughs> you know, all these new interviews. They ended up doing Neil deGrasse Tyson. They had like... Uh, mm. Uh, Mythbusters dudes were on there. Bill oh, Nye was really? on there. Oh, yeah. that's cool. It was awesome. Anyway, the heyday of early podcasting, everyone. We remember it. Do you? <laughs> Do you remember podcasts? Mm-hmm. They're back. They're back, man. In Did you hear? Form. I don't know if you heard this, but uh, because all those late night talk show guys are going to do a podcast until the strike's over. I got uh, yeah. I've subscribed to it. I haven't listened to the first episode yet, but as soon as I saw this, I'm like, oh my god, I've got to listen to this. Yeah, I kind of want to check it out. I've, I'm annoyed though because there's a Strike little Strike Force Five. There's a little called. talk around. Oh, oh, they're gonna revive the medium. It's like, come on, you guys. <laughs> oh, thank stuff. goodness, thank goodness, we'll have the medium saved once again. Uh, you know, first Ricky Gervais saved the medium, and then uh, Joe Rogan saved the medium, and then uh, yep. Every once in a while, someone comes in and just saves it, you know? They just keep saving it. And so thank goodness for the four late-night competing talk shows for saving it (laughs) once again. Hey, whatever. Rising tide lifts all boats. I I agree. I think it's fine. It's totally fine. Um, And, and, you know, we are in our own little um, uh, big unit here, and so we might not realize that... uh, you know, maybe podcasts outside of the ones that we produce that are all kicking butt. Mm. Maybe stuff outside of our little microcosm isn't doing as well. And and uh, could be. We don't know. 
we're we're yeah. blind to the problems of all the uh, the other people in this business. We don't know. We don't pay attention. <laughs> we're we're too busy making great content ourselves. All right. That's right. Stoke squirrely as I said in our own big unit. Do you not get the reference? Come you on. You didn't now. understand the big unit. Here, yeah. here, I'll play it and remind him. Uh, hold on. This is always a fun thing to be reminded of. Uh, uh, let's see here. This is the one. Nope, that's not it. Let's try this one. Okay. Boy, the best part is here. It is. I found it. Scott Johnson's got quite the uh, unit. Remember that? Do you guys yeah, remember that? Time, that's what we're saying. At a, they were looking at the podcasting map of 2020 or something, and uh, something like earlier that. than that, 2015. Yeah. And showing like all the the shows and the little connections that people have to other podcasters. And yeah, they were like little media bubbles, and you know, the bigger your picture, yeah. and then also how much stuff orbited you represented yeah. your. I don't know your impact your or your, your influence yeah. or whatever, and we turns out we had a pretty big bubble. We on did, there. Had, yeah, bigger than I thought. That surprised me. Um, Apparently, mine didn't have my last name on it, but uh, my bubble. <laughs> but, well, it did. It just was spelled four different ways, and you know, <laughs> Brian Aber Aberperson. That's the best thing ever. I think that's an amazing thing. Just you know, you'll go to your grave with this amazing Leo thing. It's just great. I will. It. Yes, I am. Uh, you know what? If I can, uh, if I can get two or three more mispronoun- mis- mispronunciations of my name before I die from Leo, then I'll be. I'll feel like I've I've made it in this world. That's right. And never forget, your unit can it influence people. You know, you have a unit. Right. Use it for good, not evil. Yeah. It will make my uh, entry in the New York Times crossword puzzle very difficult because people will try to fit Ibbotson into a six-letter oh my gosh. Uh, into a six-letter space. But you know, uh, whatever. Will Short's people will be uh, in touch with you soon. Please, yes, please call me Will. Watch for that. Call me Will. Give me a call, buddy. All right, check this out. I got a question. This is a ethical question. Ooh, I love it. All right, All right. I don't love know ethics. if we're going to be able to answer it on the air. If not, we'll have somebody uh, tell us. In fact, I'm going to leave the text line open so. This isn't for voice calls, but if you guys want to text what you think the answer to this is while we're on the air, I'll read your text in real time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's the deal. So I'm a little concerned that Rainer, you know, we had the surgery to remove her tumor. Uh, yeah. My dog, Rainer, Jim Rainer, the female dog, she had a tumor in her leg. <laughs> Turns out it was cancerous. They took it out and said, oh, she's clear now. Well, since then... She's been kind of a mess because something about the 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 surgery, the anesthesia, the just the experience of it, the shock of it, maybe I don't know, mm-hmm. has given her like a weird skin thing uh, mm-hmm. that is just like nasty and awful, like rash, like a rash kind of thing, or hives more like or it's like you know in Game of Thrones when they got the weird gray disease, the the scale. Oh, the scale gray. Uh, is it called gray scale? Gray scale. Or am I just called? thinking that that's you know the, my my choice in Photoshop <laughs> under mode? <laughs> I think it is the grayscale, right? It's like dragon scale, yeah. but they called it gray. I think they call it the grayscale. I think they called it grayscale. But That's I, funny. I'm second guessing myself. The RGB, uh, RBG? That's RGB. right. It's, yeah. Red, green, blue. Anyway, so she, uh, she's she got this horrible thing on her. That's fine. We can deal with that. We put creams and wash her hair and do all this. Sure. She's sure. getting older. Her breed usually, her, her breed somewhere between 10 and 12 years is their life expectancy. She's now at, she's eking up on 10. Uh, so she's getting older. She kind of limps around. She's getting great. You know, she just is a yeah, dog that's older. Yeah. She's in, Dogs in get old. Yeah. yeah, in dog years, she's pushing seventy or something. I don't know what it is. Uh, and you know, love her to death. My favorite animal in the world. Just love her. I think she has a new tumor growing. <sighs> oh no! Because the other day I noticed 
you know, you're you checking your dog for stuff and mm-hmm. yeah. I'm checking her ribs and I can tell there's some off symmetry and I can feel a little lump on the on the one side. Now, you know, maybe benign and maybe nothing, but could even be a fatty like a fatty pocket. Daisy totally used could to do get that. fatty pockets all the time. Yeah, he yeah. was my favorite actor in the twenties, the silent fatty picture. fatty pockets. Oh, yeah. fatty, yeah. fatty that, pockets man. until the scandal. Yeah, until he got oh, talk about cancel <laughs> oh culture. Jeez. We don't bring up the the fatty pocket scandal. No, that guy went places. But anyway, so yeah. we're a little bit worried about that. She's uh, the other thing the doctor said was a sign is that if your dog is constantly thirsty, that's a sign that maybe it's coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she goes out and barfs a lot. She just kind of you know not doing. She's she's okay. She's okay. She doesn't okay. seem like she's her full self. No, like she, she's not oh, in constant pain or anything. But she's definitely, you know, she's not her. She's not what she used to be. Anyway, yeah. all this being said, if it comes down to it, and I'm not at all prepared for this because I'm, I'm so oh, attached to this dog. But when yeah, it comes down, you've done this recently, so this is why I'm asking you. Mm-hmm. When you are faced with that situation where you know that it's time, vet agrees, all that stuff. Uh, here's my question. I know some people who have done the euthanasia of a dog, of a pet, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in their own home. Yeah. Not not with like a gun to the head or anything like that. But like, Oh, geez, Luis. I no. know. <laughs> this isn't the old West, you know. We're not doing... What? <laughs> Why would you even say that? Well, because I looked it up and it's legal to do that if you want. If you want to... It is. Oh, really? What, you mean it's legal to do the gun to the head? Oh, yeah. You can shoot... You can, oh, God. He, there is a humane method of... Um, it's basically right, old. Anton, it's, you gonna flip a coin before you do it? <laughs> Jeez, it's like old. Uh, it's like old west style. My horse broke its leg. Yeah, uh, put it out of factory its misery. for you. Yeah, it's probably more for the, uh, probably more for horses than for. <laughs> That's what I thought. Well, it just it, it, it claims it's legal, but anyway, I'm I'm not even anywhere near wanting to ever do that. But <gasps> no, of but here's but here's my question. I know a couple of people who talked to me about what they did, and they made they kind of had a yeah. more ceremonial goodbye to their animal. Yes, yeah. And then they and the and the dog was in a very you know in a comfortable place, like a place they're familiar with. Right, and they got to yeah. they got to have even like a last meal, their favorite food, like steak and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they had a um, the way they did it was. Uh, I think a load of ibuprofen or something, or no? Um, oh, crap! Well, wait, did they have a professional come in and do it? No, and that's that's the question. So, oh. so when they did this and told me this, I'm like, that sounds odd. And I went and looked online. It says, yeah, there there are ways to do it at home, and and here are the legalities. And the legalities are: it can't be cruel or unusual. It can't be this or that. But basically, they were they did. Here's what they claim: they did it with, uh these pills that put the dog to sleep and then they just don't wake up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's no different than if they went to the place and got the shots. And I said, well, it is a little different. You're administrating it. Like yeah, it feels like a- taking it away from a professional is a weird thing. And they said, well, not really. This is sort of, you know, they're, you, they do exactly what you do. The only difference is, I guess the difference is you shell out money, but I, I, the other difference is I guess you're it's out of sight, out of mind. You don't have to be the one to quote unquote pull yeah. the trigger or to inject sure. the shot. And so um, they're like, oh, we we just loved it. It was it was a humane thing, and we really you know I'm so glad we did it this way. And and she was with us in the end, and blah 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 all this stuff. And I am having the most conflicting voices about this. I just, it something yeah. about it seems so crazy to me. That don't, you would be the ones doing it. I don't know why, though. Yeah, I I wouldn't even wouldn't even home home uh, not home. I wouldn't even try and MacGyver my own serum for this. 
do it at home. Have the vet come to your to your home. Like they have mobile vets that'll come do this in your in your place. But they have the you know the stuff that is guaranteed to work. Because I'd God, you know, getting a recipe off the internet for like how to make your own <laughs> yeah. euthanization serum. Yeah, it feels like if anything goes wrong, it's like oh my God, you don't want your you don't want. Uh, Rainer to suffer. No, can you imagine? Like, if anything. I did the wrong amount so, of something, like if it's just yeah. pills, like the, the supposedly it's, no, just no, a, no. it's just like a load of ibuprofen because they're they can't have too much of it, but that doesn't hurt them, so they sleep. That's what they said. If I did that, I'd go. Well, what if I overdid? What if I underdid right. it? What if the she right, wakes exactly. up just, and you're having to base it on the weight of the dog and all that sort of thing? No, vet total, totally vet it, but. Um, if you can do it at home, can get the mobile vet to come do it in your home where uh, Jim Rainer would be the most comfortable. Um, by all means, do that for sure. What you we, guys we did take yeah. we did take Daisy to the vet and we had it done there. But okay. Um, okay. Um, and do they do the, the do they do the whole thing where they do the cremation and everything, or did you guys bury or what did you guys? Yes, do nope. There? Uh, they did cremation. Um, we got uh, a little paw print, uh, like a paw print in um, uh, in plaster. And uh, uh, and then uh, Mrs. Uh, Crazy Neighbor made a really sweet photo. Took found a photo that uh, we had taken of of her, just one of her best photos, and made a little framed photo that we have on our on our mantle of her. And uh, um, yeah, so uh, definitely definitely go vet. Yeah, um, that's whether my, you take her there. But I mean, let's you know, let's make sure that this isn't just a fatty pocket and a. A little kennel cough or something. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I'm not. We're not. Make sure. I mean, obviously, I know you're not. You're not booking the. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. It just got me. It just all it did now. is got me thinking. I'm trying to be prepared. Trying to yeah. be mentally, yeah, yeah, emotionally yeah. prepared. Like she is. Her and I have been inseparable since we got her. And oh yeah, she is your. She is your dog. Yeah. Like, I mean, even yeah, just last night, your... I, I'm sitting on the couch playing my Steam Deck, and she just curls up in a ball on my lap and, mm-hmm. you know, licks her feet while I play. And it's, I, I, I'm going to, that is not going to be a happy day for anybody anywhere, mm-hmm. especially yeah. me. So I'm just trying to be prepared for, like, you know, what's best to do. And when they said that, yeah. I went, oh, well, that does sound kind of nice. But I don't want to do, I can't be no, the one. No, no, no. No, here you want to be the one. Uh, uh, you know, again, we got to stop getting off this subject here. But you want to be the one holding her when the mobile vet comes and administers the the serum. Yeah, that's what I, I want to definitely. So be that's there for that's that. what you want. So yeah, yeah get a mobile think, vet. Do you think again, they ever slip and is, like that needle slips and hits the person in the thigh and then <laughs> they don't die? They just get really sick, you know, and they kind of conk out or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that happens frequently. Uh, <laughs> Happens to doctors too, where they aim for the patient and they hit themselves. Oh darn it! I just removed my own spleen. Oh, I gave myself a double bypass. I didn't mean to do that. I'm gonna have to file a malpractice suit against myself. Darn it! <laughs> but you know, I'm curious if anyone out there listening has uh, you know experience with this. Did you do any of this? Like, did you try this? Um, the, the next door neighbors have always had their cats. Um, euthanized in their own home mm. and we've gone over there for that and it's a very very um um what's the word i mean it just feels it feels like the right uh way to do it the the cat is in their own environment they're familiar sure you know with the surroundings they really all they know is oh we've got a new friend coming over i'm kind of tired i'm gonna go to sleep and that's it that's it kind of thing. and that's what you want you want that yeah 
Yeah. Uh, I've got a couple of texts here. Uh, this one says, from my experience as an anonymous person, don't have their name. <laughs> their from pre- my experience as an anonymous person. Yeah. <laughs> they actually sent me two uh, previous texts. One was fart gas, one was explosive tip. So. Oh, perfect. Okay, good. Take that. That was last year. But anyway, from my experience, so my most mom. of the dogs I've heard that uh, that had a tumor usually end up with another tumor. For an in-home euthanization, vet comes to your house with two doses of drugs. The first one calms the animal and paralyzes them. The second one stops the heart. Have a vet do it. So yeah, we have yep. agreement there. Uh, we have another one here that says uh, we had to put... Oh, <laughs> this one just says, don't kill your dog. And then it says, oatmeal bath hypoallergenic diet i would have to ask my mom but we get tablets to treat molly's cancer she loved it uh she loved to uh, live to 16 she put loved um we had to put her down when she didn't have the strength to walk but i was on the floor of the vet with her uh and it was uh, the most peaceful thing ever uh do the vet thing or have it come to your house okay so you know people are in agreement here and I agree with them. I'm not, you know, like I said, I, the whole idea just makes me go, how can you do oh, of that? Course. But I was trying to make sure I wasn't crazy. Like, it, I thought, is it more? Is this more acceptable than I, than I had been led to believe? Is it just it's my ex- own little I fears mean, or whatever? Maybe it's a modern. Acceptable if, I don't even know, like what would make it. I mean, it's acceptable in the way that, yeah, if you are trained and maybe you get the the method from a professional and not from Reddit. Then mm. I'd say, mm. um, then you're, you know, because I'm sure there are people who do this, you know, out in the, um, out in the uh, boonies who maybe can't get a mobile vet to come and euthanize a, a, a pet. I'm, you know, not talking about a cow or a horse or a pig or something. <laughs> right, but, right. But um, you know, like, oh well, you know, uh, we know that uh, rovers, <laughs> you know, and then they 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 get the. Uh, maybe even the vet sends them bottles of stuff and they do it themselves, but um, I wouldn't do it. You're, there's no, there's no there's advantage. no emotional reason, and there's no benefit to the animal to do it yourself. Have a vet come and do it. And uh, what's what do they charge for that? Does anyone know what that costs? I wonder oh, what that, that is. I don't know. Not that it matters that much, but if they said if they came to me and said, "Well, that's ten grand. I'm not doing that. I'm probably going to take mm-hmm. her in somewhere." Yeah, definitely wouldn't be ten grand. I'm I'm guessing it'd be eh, probably a couple hundred bucks. Couple hundred bucks, okay. Uh, real- <laughs> Sean, Sean says three hundred sixty dollars. <laughs> I wonder if that's that is that's so just, specific. Did you just Rain Man that, or did you look it up, or what? <laughs> did you Rain Man it? Yeah. Um, uh, somebody also sent a text that says, "I'm feeling moist today." That's nothing to do with this. I just <laughs> don't know why that person sent that. So thanks a lot. Appreciate I the info. There's gonna be a photo coming, Scott. I hope not. <laughs> I'm closing that right now. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, something happier. Got anything? Got yeah. Anything let's move on from dogs uh, to yeah. uh, the defibrillators on planes. Apparently, we oh, are wrong yeah. on this point, and Jeff yeah. Sire is calling us out. Um, he actually sent this yesterday, but I thought it'd be good to read on the show. He says, Scott and Brian, uh, Jeff Sire is. Uh, I already said that. Let's see. I wouldn't be so. Or sorry, I wouldn't be so sure a plane would have a defibrillator. There very well may be, uh, but there are a couple of good reasons they might not be. Defibrillators have the, uh, or sorry, have to remain plugged in or at least avoid being unplugged for long periods of time in order to maintain their charge. Aircraft spend lots of time powered down between flights. I didn't actually know that, but I guess that makes mm. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything capable of generating enough current to restart a heart would be capable of disrupting the aircraft's electrical system. That would endanger way more lives than just one, says Jeff. I had not thought of that at all. It's a really good point. I didn't either. I did a little bit more looking around. And um, 
the AED, mm-hmm. uh, AED.com. So, um, God, what does that stand for? It's the um, Attention uh, Deficit Disorder.com. No. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, hold on a second. It is. Where is it? AEDs. I just want to see what the what it stands for. But anyway, the the, the portable, the things we see in in um, uh, automated external defibrillator. Thank you. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, uh, all commercial airlines in the U.S. are required to carry AEDs on board and train their staff to use them, based on legislation passed in 2004. So, oh. not a full defibrillator, but an automated external defibrillator. Okay, and those are, this American in the chat says those are self-contained. They don't rely on the plane uh, to do anything for their charge. Right. But my question is more about the, if one discharged either by accident or even if you're using it on a a person and it's that thing has enough of, let's say somebody's not grounded properly or they, (laughs) it's a weird thing to say in a plane. But anyway, if you're not grounded properly and you're touching like (laughs) something you're not supposed to when you do it. I don't yeah. know the circumstances, but is that enough to like throw instruments off or to mess with systems mm. or interesting question. Yeah. That I don't know to Jeff's point anyway, but I, I, yeah. my guess is, well, based on what you said, it sounds like it is required, but they're a special kind. They're not like plugged in. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So they may not be like the Mexican restaurant one I saw, but they're, <laughs> they may not be, or they might. Yeah. Who knows the one in the, uh, that I put in our, uh, in our discord, um, it's funny. It looks like those laptops that uh, they were trying to give out to every every child would get oh, one of these yeah. those laptops a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, I remember those. That was a big yeah, thing for a bit. That was a big thing. These days now, uh, I guess, uh, it depends on which school you go to. I've noticed this. This is probably not surprising to anybody, but some kids' schools, you can tell, you can tell which schools have the bigger budgets or which one's yeah. parents kick in more donations or whatever because the one rich school... They're all getting, you know, iPad Pros at their desks, mm-hmm. at the uh, or MacBooks. I think at the other school down the road that is not so highfalutin, they're mm-hmm. getting Chromebooks. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the. I have a Chromebook and quite <laughs> I like have a it. Chromebook, here, I have one right here. I like them. They're fine. They're great for what yeah. they are. Yeah. Actually, I quite. I actually really do like my Chromebook. My wife won't use anything but a Chromebook. She loves hers. So I'm just not shade on a Chromebook. I think they're great, but they're. They're meant to be inexpensive. They're they're actually a great yeah. way to get a student a computer that also limits all the things they can do. You know, if you're worried about a kid doing some gnarly stuff on a computer, you're going to limit them a little bit by giving them a Chromebook because that's really just a web portal. It's basically a... It really is, yeah. So, I mean, you can, you know, give them the, the, the stuff they need to be able to do some research and, and get online and do stuff. So, I mean, it kind of, <laughs> kind of is... Uh, uh, may be an ideal alternative or maybe the preferred thing over iPad Pros, right? Because, you know, they can keep their notes in Google Sheets and Google, uh, yeah. what's the what's the Docs? Just docs, Google Docs. Docs yeah. and Sheets and, well, I used to, yeah. everything used to be called Docs. Then they changed it to Drive and then those things all got names. Yeah, what so, was, yeah. what's the word processor thing? Is that, isn't Sheets, that? I Docs, was, I think it is Docs now. It is Docs still. Yeah. Sheets, Docs, Forms, and docs me, bro. presentations or whatever it is. Yeah, um, yeah and uh, someone in the chat said, oh yeah, the Wraith says Apple equals overpriced. We're, this, we're not here for a brand <laughs> war. We're not here for your weird brand wars. It's Take like those somewhere else. somebody got the bat signal say, 
What? Somebody's having an Apple versus PC argument? Let me. I'll step in. I'll oh, step in. I'll save you. I'll come in and do some sort of one-sided argument about a thing. Uh, Wraith, By the way, you like my shirt? I just realized. Oh, yeah. Look at you, Duran. Bill Duran. Yeah, Bill Duran Duran. <laughs> you can't see the lower Duran. There you go. Now oh, you there's the two Durans. Okay, good. There's two Durans, yes. Uh-huh. D- double D. That's a dry, double dive. Double D. Dr- diners, drive-ins, but no dives. No dives. Nope. nope. Uh, yeah. Saw a bit two of that. Double Ds. Saw our, some of that at the hotel the other day. You know, there's something. They've upped their game on that show. So they used to, uh, the way it works on Food Network and Hotel, if you're watching Guy Fieri. Mm-hmm. Uh, do his thing <laughs> which is easy to do because he is on every hotel television and it's 24 hours it's all guy the time fieri. it's always on yeah. i don't get yeah. it they're yeah. like they became the guy fieri channel it's so weird but anyway he'll do his thing and the old ones it's fine a lot of quick cuts and oh this is gangster and i'll move on to the next restaurant whatever it's fine <laughs> but then the next or the the latest ones the newer ones you can always tell because he's thinning really bad, so his, his white spiky hair. Oh, really? You can kind of uh-huh. see the the head underneath it now. Oh, um, wow. His the camera works so much better. It's like food porn level, like fancy camera oh, zoom really? in, slow mo dumping stuff and all that. They really went went hard on that. Anyway, I guess what I'm saying is I find that more and more entertaining than I should. And when it's on, it's like comfort food, uh, no pun intended. And uh, sorry to no. anyone who doesn't like Guy Fieri, but I like those. It shows. really is, yeah. Uh, and the Wraith, we're just teasing around with you, bud. We're not, we're not really. <laughs> we understand. It's easy to do. Look, console wars, whatever. Coke, Pepsi, it's all. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a fight to have. Go ahead and have it. It's fine. Uh, Brian, we got a call to play real quick. Ooh, let's hear it. This is about recycling symbols. And we have somebody who might be in the oh, know. Let's see what they good. say. Yeah. Here you go. Hey, this is Jevin for TMS episode 2511. I'm just on my morning walk right now. You guys are talking about recyclable. Let me just chime in and explain. Uh, those symbols were made by uh, c- plastic companies to hoodwink all of you guys. A lo- around the same time that they got an Italian-American to play a Native American and shed a single tear about all the littering. The symbols are supposed to shift the blame onto the consumer rather than keeping the blame on the plastic companies who know their stuff is completely unrecyclable. Metal is very recyclable. About 90% of the aluminum ever in circulation is still in circulation. Paper and cardboard are recyclable. Plastic is not recyclable, and those symbols have never meant they were recyclable. They're a classification system, and they actually don't indicate really anything other than propaganda. So, yeah, that's all I'm calling in for. Been listening, by the way, since I was like... Eight, and I'm 26 now, so it's been a long time. Y'all have a good one. Yeah, 20 years, man. That guy's Uh, been listening. Wow. He's been listening longer than we've been doing a show. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, I guess I assume he started with ELR. It's about back as far as he would go. Maybe maybe the old, uh, old, uh, what did I used to do? I did did a thing before all this. But anyway, the point is, uh, uh, he's, he's probably right. Yeah, no, this is... You know, if you've ever seen the uh, Penn and Teller bullshit episode where they talk about recycling, or more recently, the John Oliver episode of This Week Tonight, mm-hmm. that, uh, oh, God, I want that show back so bad. I'm missing I'm missing my John Oliver, I swear yeah, to God. That one, I didn't, um, that one hit hard when they had to stop production. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they talk about how, um, how plastic is so – it's so uh, – temperamental like uh, the, the ones you can recycle and can't recycle and the 
facilities that have the ability to do it. And oh, I said last. I said this week tonight. Last week tonight. Last week tonight. <laughs> <laughs> this week tonight. That's how much I miss it. Uh, you get the damn name right. Yeah. No, he isn't he part of this podcast thing? I think he is. Yeah, he's one of the five. Okay. Yeah. He deserves to be in there. I worry a little. We'll have to listen to it, obviously. I worry a little bit that that is such an ego problem. And I don't mean all these. I don't mean I don't like these people. What I'm saying is to be hosts of popular late night talk show hosts, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you have to be a little egotistic. You're the you're the ringleader. You're in charge. And to have all five of those guys trying to Hmm. do a podcast remotely with each other. Because they're all doing it remote, they're not doing yeah, it in a room. Yeah, it's all via Zoom. Yeah, I, I, I worry that that is gonna feel a little like, look at me, no, look at me, no, look at me. I, I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong because I, I like kind of everybody in there. I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to think of that. Watching. Yeah, it. I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I'll be curious to see, but um, might be uh, good. I'm hoping. I mean, I, I like all those people, yeah. and uh, they're good people. They're good, good people. They good people like good. on both sides. You know, there's five, <laughs> five guys. You know, they're constantly making fun of me. But you know, they're good guys. They're good guys. Hey, I really like your mugshot. It's a, you're a very uh, brooding. Oh, uh, I was a little angry that yeah, day. I was a little yeah. angry. They, uh, nice. they, they got my picture before I had my coffee. And uh, <laughs> I gotta have my cups of coffee. Listen, I love coffee. A lot of people say you shouldn't have so much coffee. I say I'm gonna have as much coffee as I want. <laughs> Rainbow bright with the with the all cap stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. All right, fine. well done, Sorry. everyone. All right, uh, let's dive into some news. We got a little bit of it, and it's worth talking about. So let's do it. Time for your intake of news, and it's brought to you by... Brought to you by Coverville. There will be a Coverville today, and boy, oh boy, it's a good one. Uh, 75 years ago, Robert Plant was born. Oh, Robert Plant. Ah, I yeah. love Robert Plant. Robert Plant. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he, he turned 75 last week, and so... By golly, we're going to do a Coverville episode focusing on the music of a little band that he was part of called Led Zeppelin. Um, tons of Led Zeppelin songs, your favorites, and your maybe uh, some deeper cuts. I don't know, but everything, seriously, you name a Led Zeppelin song, probably a cover of it on today's show. Scott, name a Led Zeppelin song. Let me uh, tell you. Uh, tell you. Uh, I don't know the name of it. Uh, the, yeah, the Immigrant Song. Immigrant uh, definitely. Song. It will be on here. Yep. Yeah. How about um, uh, Stairway to Heaven? You got that? Yeah, of course. Of uh, course. One with uh, Hallocene. Uh, yeah. I love Hallocene. Do you like uh, uh, you like a whole lot of love? That's a good one. A whole lot of love. Sure. No, not on not on today's show. No, but keep going. Uh, it's, um, <laughs> uh, I can't think of any more. It's all. It's, I'll can't. tell you stuff like Cashmere, uh, Rock and Roll, Black Dog, Going to California, Ramble On, Jermaker. All that stuff uh, today, and plus some covers that uh, that Robert Plant has done himself. What? Oh, I really like yeah. his solo stuff. His uh, uh, covers of his own of uh, Led Zeppelin oh, stuff yeah. cool too. But his some of his solo albums freaking fantastic. They're fantastic. Yeah, Band yeah. of Joy was uh, really good. Was amazing. Yeah. Uh, so listen for that. That'll be today at one p.m. Mountain Time. Twitch.tv/slash Coverville. He has a giant head. By the way, Robert Plant yeah. kind of does, doesn't he? Yeah, amazingly huge head. He's as got a big a head as that guy in the the car, the UK car show, uh, the cars. Uh, <laughs> top Gear, Is yeah, that the, the Top with, Gear guy with, with the big huge head, head. On Top Gear. Yeah, that big big old head guy. I can't think of his name. Monster head. Hmm. 
Anyway. Wow. Okay. All right. I don't know where they get their hats. Maybe they don't wear them. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to this story here. We got a story about uh, George has been in the news a lot. Okay, but this has nothing to do with the Georgia news you've been hearing lately. All right. This isn't about election interference or Rudy Giuliani or anybody else. <laughs> there was none of that. No uh, Fulton Prison Blues in this one. Okay. No. Right. This is a real crime, and by that I mean one that would really piss me off if I was oh. involved. Georgia man arrested for stealing his neighbor's entire front porch. <laughs> An entire front porch. I need details, Scott. Please give me some details. Well, you've heard of porch pirates. This is the ultimate. Um, Georgia man is facing felony charges after he was accused of stealing a wooden porch from his neighbor. The porch owner told investigators while his property may have been, uh, what, sorry, may have had an abandoned look. Not sure what that <laughs> means. Just um, looks like it's abandoned. Probably like, you know, a... Uh, decrepit mess kind Just of, kind of not, not well taken yeah. care of but he says the porch and the other items on the land were not up for grabs uh, quote it's a full eight foot by ten foot porch it would be uh what goes on to sorry it would be what goes on to an hour for entry and exit what does that mean it would be what goes on it an would hour. be what goes on to an hour it would be what goes on to an hour for entry and exit i do not that's a typo yeah yeah, that's a typo. Uh, it's a, it's such a bad typo that I can't even. Um, yeah, can you? I can't even tell what it's supposed to be. I can I can't tell. I'm, it I'm reading would it over be and over. What goes onto an hour for entry and exit? It would be okay because he says right. it's full. He tells us the size and then says it's what goes on yeah. to an hour. So what I'm thinking is it must be a what goes on to a house for the entry and exit if i assume house oh okay so house so house got corrected to hour okay come on the messenger it would be what goes on to a house for entry and exit <laughs> thank you for explaining a porch to that's us. horrendous uh, yeah why did they even have to tell us <laughs> he said it was very well constructed not your sentence but oh. your porch uh yeah. robin what swinger exactly is a porch how do they work <laughs> Uh, he had he's, he had multiple no trespassing uh, no trespassing signs uh, and took the porch anyway. Oh, he also took the signs. That's funny. Some, <laughs> really? Oh, nice. Yeah. Some people shrug their but shoulders. The porch and... apparently was not attached to a home at the time of the alleged theft. So, really? Gotcha. So, I, I've never seen a porch that wasn't attached to the house. I don't Isn't get that it. Required for entry and exit is an attached porch, but yeah. maybe they were building it. Maybe, but if it was in like a left, like no one was doing it condition, like it was decrepit and uh, old. Maybe. I mean, the, uh, you know, you, you build, the, sometimes you don't get the bricks for the porch until bag number three and you assemble them separately and then you connect them once it's done. But uh, that's a Lego reference right there. Man. Uh, but yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> Liz Kibben says, pros never seen a mobile home. Oh, really? Is that the deal? It's. <laughs> I guess yeah. I guess mobile home porches are detachable. Aren't are are they? Can, I've never yeah. seen that. Okay. Well, that's cool then. Maybe that's that makes it modular. I suppose. God, is there a photo? I want to see a photo. Oh, there it is, right there. I love this quote. Some people may shrug their shoulders and say it ain't no big deal, yeah. but when you take somebody's property without their consent and the value of the porch is three thousand dollars, you can't just go and take somebody else's property, says Stapler. Yeah, it's a pretty nice. That is a pretty nice little wooden uh, porch, like a. A deck. Let's see here. It is so kind of. I a, guess. I guess the, the, the thief has big deck energy now. Oh yeah, I see it now. 
But what? Oh. I've seen a mobile home. I've been in several. I've had a friend named John M. I won't give his full last name because I don't want to dox him. But he lived in a port in a in a mobile home with his mom, a single mom, and they had a ton of ferrets for some reason, like lots of ferrets. And boy, does a mobile home get rank. Oh, when dude. You have lots of ferrets. Fair, one ferret stinks. I can't imagine a multitude of ferrets. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah, like four or five. <laughs> My friends are mobile homes. Um, many. <laughs> yeah, we, I've been in one. I almost bought one. <laughs> I almost bought a mobile home in my 20s. Not to live in, but some the one was cheap, and we were like, "Hey, what if we rented it or something?" You know, we were thinking of like an investment thing. We ended up not doing it, but yeah, but you know, they're fine. I've been in lots of shotgun houses in the South, like down in Mississippi. They call them shotgun. You mean a because, shotgun shack? Because the way they work is you get in the front, and if you shot a shotgun from the this is how the story goes. If you shot a shotgun oh. in the front door, it would go all the way to the back door without any resistance. Oh, really? <laughs> I've never heard that term. Yeah, it's like a big old rope. That's what they called them locally. Like, it wasn't me making that term up. They all called it that. They said, yeah, we live in the shotgun third down number 42 or whatever. They would call their own homes that. Um, and we, I've been in a bunch of those. Those are cool. Is that, is that what, um, when, when uh, David Burns sings that line in Once in a Lifetime, when he says, you may find yourself living in a shotgun shack. That's no, what the shotgun I think that's shack it. is. Like, I think that's it. Uh, let's All see. Right. I never heard "shack," but maybe other than the song, obviously. But let's see, "shotgun yeah. shack" meaning um, here it is: uh, a, a domicile or house with no internal barrier between the front and back doors. There That's we it. go. Yeah, there you go. Okay, a small house structure or dwelling, which is defined as being so small. How small is it <laughs> that if one were to point a shotgun at the door and fire, everybody within the dwelling would be hit or killed? That's a worse. Golly, Urban Dictionary. Way worse. Maybe less dark on the uh, the, <laughs> the uh, description. Jeez. Way worse. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's good to know, though. Um, uh, it reminds me of these uh, people make container homes, you know? Like yeah. Little, yeah. Uh, I, I think that's actually kind of like cool. I like those. Yeah. yeah. The ones I've seen are like... Here's what I do. I do like container park. Not that big, but I do like... I don't know. Three containers arranged in a... A configuration and build build those that into like a, a living space would be really cool. Mm-hmm. I would love that. Sure, it'd be kind of cool too if you could like say, "All right, make the make the shipping containers like two parallel alongside each other, and right. then the third one across the back." So. If you want to get to rooms in this one, you have to go up some stairs across the other container and then down some other stairs to get to this. Uh, I love that idea. Yeah, yeah. And then you have you put a little sky skylight in the top one. Oh yeah, in the top one or your your bedroom or something is up yeah. there with like a skylight. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I love that. I love it. All right, I'm in. Sign me up. We're moving. Cool. All right. Um, Burger King. <laughs> Burger King's in trouble. We talked about this before, but it looks like they're going to have to actually face the music. Are they really? Oh, nice. Yeah. Burger King must face a lawsuit now, claiming its Whoppers are too small. Uh, I think they're too big, to be honest. They're pretty big. I mean, for a burger. Right. I'm a Whopper Junior guy. Yeah. I'm not a Whopper, big-ass Whopper guy. I'll do a Whopper. Sorry, ladies. Sorry, ladies. I'm a Whopper Junior guy. (laughs) You're not a full Whopper. (laughs) U.S. judge has rejected Burger King's bid to dismiss this lawsuit. Um claiming that it's that cheated hungry customers by making its Whopper sandwich appear larger than it actually is. You know what? This will set a precedent because every fast food restaurant does this. Mm-hmm. None yeah. of them look like what you get. And by that, I mean also they're smaller. All the Taco Bell shit is smaller than what it shows. It's yeah. just the yeah. way it is. 
Although yesterday, I will say this. You know, I've had trouble with this local Taco Bell. It's been trouble mm-hmm. for a long time. But I got a really good crunch wrap there yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. So hats That's off cool. to them for getting it right one time. I went a couple time. days ago to Taco Bell, and I got a... Uh, I do the... Um, uh, what you call it? The use the app and you do the build your own cravings box because mm-hmm. then you can like choose whatever you want. Sure. And I got the uh, Crunch Wrap Supreme and a bean burrito, and then I give Tina the uh, Doritos Locos Taco. Oh, oh, this Tuesday because it was free Doritos Tacos Locos or whatever day. Yeah. Um. So they do yeah. get they give away a free Doritos Taco that day. I didn't know that. Yeah, on Tuesday they did. I don't know if it's every Tuesday, but I happened to look in the app and it said, free Doritos Locos Taco today if you'd like it. Add mm. it to your order. I'm like, added, done. I do like those. Yeah. I'm a fan. Well, anyway, yeah. uh, this is this is all going <laughs> Have through. you bought a Whopper in the last <laughs> year? <laughs> yeah, this feels like one of those. Do you have, have you been diagnosed with mesothelioma? It's like one of those ads in the middle of the night. <laughs> have you bought a Whopper that seems smaller than it should have been? <laughs> exactly. My Whopper seemed really small. Actual clients. My Whopper seemed really small. And then I called the law firm of Bagelman, Franklin, and Jackson. Bagelman. And- <laughs> Tell me more about the Bagelman. doing a stereotype. I'm not, there's no stereotype here. No, not at all. I'm sure. Bagelman, I'm sure Schwartz, and <laughs> you can make no. There are no ethnic uh, things you could say about Mr. Bagelman. It's fine. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. And I got eighteen dollars settlement from eating a, lo- a whopper <laughs> that was way smaller than advertised. <laughs> oh, thank you, Mr. Bagelman, for giving me a, a win. <laughs> let let the law firm of Bagelman, Schwartz, and Lieberman fight for you. <laughs> Lieberman. That's great. Uh, oh, do you see... Uh, sorry, this isn't political, but because I actually don't wish him any harm. I don't... <laughs> oh, God. I, I don't right. agree with his politics, but uh, uh, a lot of it anyway. But I, but Mitch McConnell... Did you see Mitch McConnell's freeze-up yesterday? It's another one, like within a month. Oh, oh, oh no. Yesterday's was bad. He, he was just taking some questions. It wasn't even like the official podium thing, but he was taking some press questions about his re-election next year. Mm-hmm. And... He did one of his things where he went, oh, you know, usually he's like launching (laughs) but instead he just kind of looked off into the nowhere and and his staff had to, he just froze up and say anything. Staff had to come up and like kind of touch him and move him. Control, delete him. Kind of. And he wouldn't answer them. So they had to like march him out of there. He needs to, him, Feinstein, Stein, Steenstein, whatever his last name is. Yeah. Uh, and that Chuck Grassley guy, they all need to, we need to have an age, if not term Mandatory limits, age minutes. Mandatory retirement. Yeah, yes. have either an age, if you're not going to have term limits, and I understand some of those arguments, mm-hmm. then have freaking age limits, or at the very least, don't parade these people out in this state. It's elder abuse is what it is. And I yeah, mean, I, right. I really mean that, that you're, this is not cool. And I know I, you're doing it to keep. You got to maintain your 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 dominance or your your majorities. And I understand the desire to do that. If it's freaking yeah. inhumane, man. Like, what are you I doing? I say uh, man, uh, mandatory annual cognitive evaluations if you're in certain levels of government or higher. Just just because you know 
you've got your 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 hands in a lot of legislation and 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 control and some of you even have access to a big red button maybe you should have a little cognitive evaluation every year just to be safe both sides i'm not certainly not saying one side or the other no i don't care. i don't know i don't know how well i think biden would do with one of those so. no I, I don't know how well any of them would do all the ones yeah. that are in these positions of being like 80 year olds running running important parts of the country it's yeah. time to maybe reevaluate if we really want that or not. Now, that yeah, being said, exactly. some real tweezer nuts that want to take their place. <laughs> oh, my God. That is just the visualization of those two words together. Oh, please. Yeah, okay. it's all stupid. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's as political as we're getting today. All right, everybody? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, make it also uh, uh, cognitive evaluations if you have to attend, uh, be part of uh a um a debate a presidential debate i'm just saying maybe yeah. just one of those yeah. yeah or or just a basic civics test you know yes. <clears throat> on how things work how the constitution's actually written maybe we make these people across the board uh actually understand the, the country and the states they're representing and not just go in there swinging swinging words and engagement farming you know what i mean exactly yes also could ted cruz just fall off a cliff all right moving on <laughs> for sure uh let's get to let's take a break when we come back from this break wendy will be here it's uh week three and, f- and the finale really of the inner roommate discussion yay okay so we're gonna find out where that goes and we're gonna do it here shortly but brian's got to play a song to create a demarcation in the in the show today where we yes, play music is- so this is the before Indy in the middle part, and then after the song will be the after in the Indy in the middle part. You know, that's the right. A I M, and right now we're in the B I M. There. <laughs> uh, yep. Don't forget those acronyms are there to help you people at home. They're they're there for you. Yeah. Yes, exactly. How about a, a song from a, a band called the Oracle Sisters? They they knew. They uh, looked into their crystal balls and knew that you would be listening to the song today. So they sent it to me, and it's called Ruby on the Run. This is uh, uh, from their debut album called Hydranism, which is out via 2220 Records. Um, Their uh, North American headline tour begins in two weeks as well. So if you like this, you can go see them live. Uh, Here are the Oracle Sisters and Ruby on the Run.
Paul, we understand that you have found a wonderful Super 8 motel. Where are you? I'm at the Hudson, Wisconsin Super 8 motel. Don't take a bath, don't wash your hair, don't eat pickles uh, while you're menstruating. And we returned. Tell me who that was one more time, please. Yeah, that's uh, those are the Oracle Sisters and the brand new song Ruby on the Run from their debut album called Hydronism. Um, check out the video, too. It's really cool. It feels like a short-form movie, mm. and it was filmed on location in Morocco and uh, running through the streets of Marrakesh. It's really cool. Uh, Oracle Sisters, Ruby on the Run. Nice. It's a new uh, programming language. It was Ruby on Rails. Now it's Ruby on the Run. That's right. And it works with Oracle. So yep. that's good. Yep. And if I go to Morocco, I'd like to have a taco. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the rhyming. Okay. That's just the rhyming, that's, you know? You like the rhyming. It's very sometimes. good. Yeah, very good one. All right. We are attempting to pull Wendy in. And uh, she's showing offline, but that really, I've learned, does mean it means nothing. Uh, sometimes it means that she's just on her phone and that she needs to rush over to some sort of device and get on there. Or sometimes it means she forgot about things. But let's find out together today, right now. Let's see. Did she say anything? Nope. She said we're good. Okay, cool. That was yesterday. Okay. Well, we'll see. That was yesterday. While that's happening, I will I will share this with you. It was it was in our news, okay. but, I, but I think it's worth mentioning. Because you like coffee. You're a coffee guy. Right? I'm a coffee guy. Yeah. I'm a coffee achiever. Yeah. And you're not alone. There's a large contingent of human it's beings. It's surprising, yeah. They yeah. they put up these coffee shops, and by golly, those places get busy. Other they really people, do. I didn't never realize that other people like this weird little dirt water that I like to uh, like to drink. My favorite is when you go to a hotel, and that hotel has three or more Starbucks in it. I think that's funny. <laughs> right, yeah. Do you ever think one Starbucks is like, oh, we're out of creamer, uh, go downstairs and talk to Starbucks number two, and get some. they probably it's, do, uh, right? It's insane. Yeah, a lot of the, the Vegas hotels, I think the MGM Grand has, might have three Starbucks in it, at least two. That's a lot of Starbucks. It is. Oh, Wendy has it joined is. us. Never mind. I'll tell you guys the story about coffee. Plaza has zero. The Plaza, <laughs> freaking Plaza. What are they doing? I'll explain the situation to Wendy. Don't worry. Hey, look who it is. It's my sister Wendy, who I just saw the other day at my, uh, well, my house, I guess, is where we were. It was, it was your house. Yeah. You were here hanging out on your way back to... Uh, back home to minnesota it was i had a guy go i I put up that picture of me me and you on the porch and some guy said um are you in sweden or did sweden come to you and i went where have you been for the like the last yeah it's a little uh been a while it's okay i wish i was i wish that was still the case yeah they loved you there you know they thought you they did they needed me Mm -hmm. to uh bring a little american pizzazz yeah that's right because all them depressed people with the no daylight and the whatnot you know, they need a little love. Anyway, <clears throat> Wendy's here, and uh, it's an exciting week for Wendy. Her uh, her second oldest off to college this week. Ooh, yeah, Ooh. dude. Can I just say this? Mm. Listen, I don't know how many of you are familiar with college, but it is ridiculous what they can charge for the mm. worst dorm room you've ever seen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. They're, they're all gross, it's, right? I've never seen a dorm room. I went, oh, this is nice. It's never like that. It's always Well, the, where he is. Okay, here's the thing. When they take you on the tour, yeah. they show you the brand new one. And mm. they're like, oh, you could live somewhere like this as a freshman. Yeah. And then when you get your assignment and you go to it, I mean, it was... You know those buildings that were built in like the 30s and 40s? Sure. 
And if they're kept well, they're they're a museum. Mm. <laughs> yeah. This one is a dorm, and it was freaky. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Now what? What was this? How much is this? This is like about? like oh pi- my gosh, like pipes uh. on, pipes on the outside, and uh, weird. yeah, and like where the the phone station used to be. You know, every mm. place had to have it where you could go use the phone. That's yeah. still just right there. It's yeah. like they just ripped out the phones, and I'm like. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, it'll be a little adventure yeah. for him, you know. He's gonna. It is. He's also got a roommate, but I'm pretty sure, like, I couldn't be in there at the same time as them. Mm. <laughs> like, it was so small. Wow. So, I was like, one of you's gonna have to step out for me to step into this room. Yeah. It's it's something. Uh, also, you know, his roommate's a stranger from Milwaukee, so Whoa. God bless them all. I oh, love that. Was great. a great, great movie. Great uh, old stranger, stranger, stranger from, from Milwaukee. Yeah, <laughs> very early Scorsese film. Very good stuff. Uh, so hold yes. on a second. What's the Sometimes. college again? Remind me. Where'd he go? University of Minnesota. That's right. U of and M. if anyone knows the Centennial of freshman housing, that you probably stayed in it eight hundred years ago. So there we mm. go. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun. He's very excited. He had zero response to. I was like, uh, I'm claustrophobic and I'm going to die, so I'm going to get out of here. Mm. And he's like, This is fun. <laughs> no, he'd probably so, love the when adventure. When you're 18, everything's fun. Sure, you know? and he's also six foot huge and three. You know, buff. Big. Yeah, he's it's my not height. Be comfy. He's my and height, they but have he's a bunk bed, guys. This is like, yeah. how much money am I spending for him to have a bunk bed? Yeah, right. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh. a lot. Jeez. It's a lot. studies anyway you know he will but it's it's good this is the beginning of an era yeah it's a new <laughs> it's a new day everyone get ready for it um also yes. a- abe is probably the handsomest kid on the freaking campus so look out ladies he's got a girlfriend. i mean it is the midwest so that's yeah. not that hard and he's got like a sopranos uh girlfriend uh, like an italian mom yeah, boss she's so girlfriend. great <laughs> she really is yeah she's funny yeah. um i was gonna say this though like that like pulling in parents dropping kids off there was this, you know, there's a bunch of students that are helping, like, I guess it's their job or something, you know, and man, the sarcasm coming out of their mouths. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. dude, you're too jaded to be here. You need to find a replacement. But it was very fun to see all the, you know, all the feels. It was great. It's yeah. good. Let's, new, let's new generation. Get let's, out of my house. That's right. Get out of your house. Get, get going with your life. Also, uh, just to, finally... You're talking about how old these buildings are. It is weird to think that some student went in there at 18 at some point, yeah. graduated, lived to 90, died, and and that's still the same building. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, yeah. he's going oh, yeah. to that same toilet school. Yeah, the same toilet. <laughs> same toilet for 12, 12 dudes. <laughs> and I'm telling you, in 1940, no one was six foot three. <laughs> were they? I mean, they maybe were. I don't know. I don't know. Just nothing fits. So. <clears throat> crazy all right well i good. feel that way on planes like come on planes i am a normal sized human mm, adult yeah, yeah. why oh, do yeah. my knees smash into it i mean i'm 510 so i'm the average size of the average american male guys yeah. i know it's hard to admit this but <laughs> i am your size yeah and my knees are jammed and i'm like how where are we going from here yeah. <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. so bad anyway. yeah you know I'm what, Brian? Right you're you're preaching to the choir with Brian and I. Two couple of six oh, plus gosh. foot guys oh, really? trying to fit in yeah. things. It's horrible. How do you even do it? I don't you, understand how you do you, it. You try to you get don't. that weird seat, Brian. I don't know if you do. I think you do because we've talked. Oh, about Oh, I absolutely do. Yeah, on, yeah. On Southwest, if I can get the the seat that has the uh, the no seat in front of it. Yeah. 
or or anything in the next row, I go for it. But, you have to uh, you have to volunteer to be like the door guy, right, or whatever. But you, yeah, which yeah. is fine. I'll be the door guy. Yeah. I practice which, at home. I take doors honestly. like I'd say, oh, I'm going on a flight this week. I need to practice taking doors off the hinges, so I do it. <laughs> so here's my question: If you're in that row and they say to you, "Are you willing to do this?" Yeah, I mean. Of course, everyone's saying they're willing to do this. I think everyone would just cut and run when it comes to it. I have seen, like, you know, you get on the roads and you realize that 90% of the people would just push you out of the way mm-hmm. to get to that door before you. You know what? If you do any driving, you see these people and you're like, I don't want any oh. of these people in charge I'm of committed, though. I am committed. If Ever. it ever came down to it and I was in that seat and I committed to it, I am committed oh. to doing it. I will help people oh, yeah, out that point. Oh, yeah, you and me both. Listen, yeah. I want I want, to, I want to be the one to save you. I yeah. want to save all, all right. the people in my row. Yeah, especially okay. at this stage. At if least. I was like 25 and you know whatever, and I you know was pretty yeah. super self centered, I'd probably be like, oh, "F you, get out of my way." Maybe I would. I don't mm-hmm. know. But now, I would. To- what's there to lose? We're all maybe we're all going to die anyway. I'll, let me help you, and and maybe you'll survive. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. You You're know? like I've lived a good life. Yeah, I've done <laughs> okay. My my progeny lives on. Let's go. Let's It'll do this. Fine. That yeah. said, I might need uh, thirty seconds to go visit the men's room uh, before. Well, I mean, you'll go ahead and get started. And I'll be right back. Yeah, I'll be right back. I just gotta pee. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go take my headphones off and uh, throw up. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm just gonna go pee well, and I'll be back. Don't worry. Right. I'll, I'll be right back. You know, Brian also, puked. He, Brian puked on the did, show once. You don't know about this. He story. did. Yeah, not on the show, oh. but he at one point on the show. In fact, I have audio from it. This will let's, let's, let's Please play. Please don't it. play it. No, he doesn't barf on the like oh. sound. Here's what he says. Uh, Brian will also have a date on this. Um, here we go. Here's Brian. This is 2014. Brian Ibbett, right here. Hey, I'm gonna actually have to put the headphones down for a second to go throw up. Yep, he went and barfed, and uh, you know it's famous for it. Brian's a famous. That is uh, an incredibly professional announcement. I know, right? Yeah, it was very professional. Amazing. And he did it. And when he came back, he was like, okay, I'm back. And he was good to go. And I was like, man, I'd just be on the couch right now. What are you even doing? Anyway, he really yeah, did have to go pee. So he's doing that now. Okay, um, we'll let him do that. Let's get into it. So we, uh, some weeks ago, said we were going to have a part three and sort of a finale to this whole inner roommate thing. Yeah. And yeah. today's our so, day. So let's do it. Well, let me like give a summary. So, you know, if you didn't hear the other two, I'll just kind of, you can go back and listen, of course. So it has been officially the last two episodes I was on, right? So right, correct. It's been a break, so it's a little weird. But um, yeah. so the first one was all about this concept of being the noticer and hearing your inner roommate, mm. you know, who is the, the voice that sort of has the running commentary about this or that. Um, often we'll call them like the inner critic or whatever. There can be lots of versions of this, but so the, the first week was really to identify that, to, to get in science mode and pay attention and hear what this voice had to say. And then we had a caller, you know, share their, um, experience with that inner voice. And so we worked with that a little bit. And then the second episode is when we did that. But then also we talked about this idea of sort of softening, the spaces, like usually it's around your heart, maybe it's your stomach or something of just like letting some of that tension out physically, right? So focusing on where that tension builds and then sort of creating an ability to soften it and let go of it, right? right. Um, which usually requires breathing, which a lot of people just stop doing. <laughs> they don't realize they're not doing it, but they, they don't breathe deeply at all. Right. And so you can really soften that just in the physical way mm-hmm. of like... So we've got this inner roommate that sort of says some stuff, 
and triggers your physiological response. And if we just stick with those two things and we live our lives, we're going to kind of be batted around a lot. And depending on the whims of that voice, um, where do we, how we feel about something or whatever it may be. Right. So, um, today is, we're going to get really specific about a, a specific thing that the inner roommate repeats or, um, you know, in, in combination, it's a, a cyclical thing. Maybe it's a constant thing. Mm. Um, and we call it, we're calling it the thorn in your side. Oh, so everyone's right. kind of got a thing maybe that is just always going to show up maybe in certain circumstances. And I'll walk you through, uh, a, we're going to identify a fake version of this unless right. you guys want to share yours, but, right. um, and we'll go through kind of what it is and then what to do about it. So we've, so these steps are sort of like, first, you got to hear it. First, you got to not think everything that's happening in your head is you and be more of the observer, right? Sit in the observation seat, be the noticer. Because mm-hmm. the cool part is that the noticer is like a totally different emotional experience or thing, right? right. Versus whatever storm might be going on because the roommate's throwing a fit, right? right. So that skill, um, the, the more you can get that separation between those things, just the way better you're going to feel generally. Um, I, I would maybe articulate, uh, you know, I have a client recently, I'm trying to think, how do I change this up? So it's not identifiable, but just that the storm, the roommate freak out storm about a particular issue. So the thorn in, the, in their side um, comes once or twice a year. And it is almost predictable at this point. Like, oh, it's going to always be in summer and it's always going to be in fall right before the holidays. We yeah. kind of have a, enough track record to go, oh, here it is again. And this just, it, it's like blending with the thoughts and the feelings and just getting completely sucked in. And so when p- someone might have a mental health crisis, this is very reductionistic. So don't quote me that this is what all mental health crises are. Right. But often it's a spiraling, um, a like a rumination on steroids, just you cannot get out of the way your brain is activated and thinking. And and then of course your body's responding and it's this vicious cycle of you're in a fight or flight state and you're, so your brain needs to understand it. So it tells more stories. The stories it's telling makes your body in a fight or flight and you just are in spiral mode. So, um, so this is why it's so valuable is that you're, you're really giving yourself a lot of um, skills and abilities around you know, when something starts to spiral, getting the ability to back up from it and have a little space from it and observe it. Yeah. And it takes about oh, 80, 90% of the power away from it. Um, right. Okay. So is that a decent explanation? Do you want to add anything? No, to what I, we've think, already done? I think that would, everything you just said there resonates with me in terms of like, um, there's a compounding quality to yeah. That loop mm-hmm. that is really you you can get to a point where you feel like there's you can't relax anything. You're just Yeah. You're just this is where you are and there's no stopping this and you're in that loop and there's no way out of the loop. So yeah. uh so yeah, not only do I relate to it, but um I'm looking forward to today's grand finale on how to deal with it. That seems good. <laughs> yeah. Grand finale. Yeah. Hi Brian, how was your oh. urination? Oh, it was very satisfying. I've been back I've been back for minutes. Minutes. Oh, minutes. Many oh, minutes. hours. Okay, great. Okay, Many great. Minutes. Okay, so if you guys want to volunteer what your inner thorn is, that's great, but I'm going to use a specific one. 
but I'm going to have everybody do this. If you've followed along and you've started practicing a little bit of, hey, noticing that voice, noticing what it kind of repeats, um, then what the question is, what does it repeat? So I want to start with just some imagery of an actual thorn in your arm. Okay. Okay. Thorn so in the arm. Picture a nasty thorn. Like a big old freaking, I don't know what, rose thorn size? Are we talking larger, more comically large, or what, what are we talking Well, you do whatever your brain does. Okay. In my mind, I don't picture it, so okay. it's fine. All right. Um, just a thorn. <laughs> just a thorn. A theoretical idea called a thorn. No, but imagine a thorn. Now, everyone's had a mosquito bite or some other like irritation, right? But a thorn is, there is like an active uh, injury occurring and you have a couple options, right? Yeah. So, so imagine this thorn is in your arm. It's incredibly painful and it is going to cause serious problems Yeah. and you have two choices. Now a physical thorn, most of us would just take out, right? right. Just yank mm-hmm. it. We, we would be willing to suffer the initial pain of removal and treatment to not walk around with the thorn in our, in our arms. Right. right. Okay? But when it's a psychological thorn or, one of these inner roommate um, relentless kinds of thorns. We have two choices and one is to take it out. And that's what I'm going to show you how to do at the end of here. But the other one is one we often see people do and is pretty tempting. And that is to protect it. Mm. So don't let anything touch it. Right. Right. So really picture this thorn. What would you do if you needed, if you decided to keep it in your arm but you needed to not have it hurt. What would you have to do? I mean, okay. Think about sleeping. Well, let me tell you what I what, let, let me tell you what I picture first because that may help tell you yeah. how I would do it. I picture like this thorn, and this is by the way, this is not me forcing it to look like this. This is just how it looks. I can't change how sure. it looks. It looks like a big old eagle talon sized thorn. Oh gosh, just yeah, like a nice. big old, mm-hmm. and it's in the flesh down there, tickling bone like nasty mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. That's how I picture it anyway. I okay. think I still would want to just go yoink as hard as I could and then wrap it and be, you know, hope, hope it doesn't get infected or whatever. That's how I would. Yeah, sure. But imagine you can't do that. Yeah, imagine you that keep it in your arm, but it you can't, it your but, but make it so it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, so maybe people with less wild imaginations have a smaller thorn in mind. And how would you, how would you protect it from, because think about it. It, it's maybe okay if you're not bumping it, mm-hmm. but when you, t- anything gets close to it it's just gonna activate it what would you do brian would you uh uh, how would you protect your thorn i I think i would try and deaden the area around it is that is that uh, Mm, an answer like it yeah okay pull up my cowboy cowboy up pull up my big boy pants and i don't know no okay i love both those things those are both really good answers for psychologically (laughs) what people do yeah sure Uh, i compartmentalize that thorn compartmentalize uh, Mm -hmm. press it into a small ball and shove it deep down into my uh psyche where no one would ever see it again yep there we go that's definitely one option i mean and let's stick with physical for one more second you would potentially build some kind of like apparatus around it right you would build a cage or some kind of enclosure Mm-hmm. right? You'd have to maybe get a new bed so that your arm could, you know, like a massage table, your arm could hang down or something. So it wouldn't get attacked. <laughs> um, or, uh, yeah. Yeah. You would, anytime you met someone, you know, that whole, hell, how's it going? And someone's going to grab your arm and with one hand and shake your other hand, like you would be real leery of other people getting near you. You don't know. Cause they wouldn't know about the, the thorn. Um, you would just spend 
so much energy and time just protecting yourself from feeling that pain. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you're going to not go certain places. You are going to do all sorts of uh, building and contracting. And I like your like psychological. I mean, that's really what we're getting at. Right. Is that we're doing this with these emotional wounds and these emotional thorns and the choice still remains. So keep it protected or take it out. It is still the exact same option with a physical thorn as it is with a psychological thorn. But most of us are pretty, like we know there's a weird thorn in our arm physically, way quicker than we'll ever know that this psychological thorn is in there because we get so wrapped up every time it gets activated, right? right. We're in active pain and then we got to go right back to avoiding and like Brian said, shoving it very deep down so no one will ever find it's it. Like a, it's like right. a birthmark or a scar kind of uh, where you, you, um, you know, you never want someone to see this big patchy thing on your mm-hmm. face or whatever. So you always load up on the makeup or you, or say it's on your arm. You always wear a long sleeve shirt to hide it. It feels a little like And you're that. thinking about it all the time. You're right? always thinking, yeah. Nobody else knows it's just under that 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 thin layer of fabric, but it's there and you know it and yeah. you're thinking about how to make sure it doesn't show. Like it's yep. it's almost like that. It's almost like less of a I mean, I don't know. There's a pain in that. There's a kind of pain in that too, I suppose. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay, so we're going to take an example of a thorn and then I'm going to have you guys help me build a life around protecting from this thorn. Okay. So let's say the inner roommate or the inner critic or the inner voice or, you know, whatever that part of you is, um, that is lonely Mm. and you're experiencing loneliness and is just reminding you are alone, reminding you're going to die alone. What it, you know, maybe you get heartburn and you're like, okay, this is it. No one's coming because I'm going to have a heart attack and die alone. Like you can imagine that voice activating often when you are in, if this thorn of being lonely is there. Okay. So let's, let's just talk really quick about how you would, what contraptions you would build, what devices, what protections would you put in place to not let the thorn of loneliness be triggered? Right. How would you protect from that pain? Oh, geez. Um, how would I protect against that pain? There's probably a drug analogy here, right? Like, um, I would, uh, the numbing that Brian was talking about. Yeah, I guess that's the same thing, right? Numbing it, whatever that means. Like in the case of, um, I don't know, some people drink too much to numb things. Some people, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, self medicate to to do that. (laughs) Think about something else or like, you know, distract yourself from, Mm -hmm. or do something you shouldn't, um, or do something you, you, that you do, you know, you're not going to. There's a hundred percent surety that doing that thing will make you not have to deal with this at all. Right. Right. So there's that like proactive protection. That's like building the, the shield and, you know, putting all sorts of things in place. And then there's the numbing part for sure. Mm. Okay. How about this? How about what do you avoid when you have a thorn of loneliness? Hmm. Thorn of loneliness avoidance theory. (laughs) Uh, what do you avoid? Yeah, does being in a crowd fix the problem or amplify the problem? Like going going somewhere where there are a lot of people, does that amplify the loneliness? Or uh, it seems like it would. It, it would. It's relative, probably, right? Yeah, like yeah. someone may feel one way or the other. But right. like, so for example, would you avoid places where couples are? Oh yeah, there you go. That's a yeah. I wouldn't go to a. <laughs> 
I wouldn't go to a ballroom dancing class and watch all the people right. dancing right. in pairs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you would you would avoid maybe something you you actually would enjoy because the mm-hmm. risk of that thorn being bumped is there, right? So mm-hmm. so just like the birthmark or the the real thorn, you are spending a lot of your life energy trying to not be disturbed internally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can imagine. And here's what's tricky about being a human is that we do this so seamlessly almost, right? We're just so used to treating ourselves a particular way or, or, you know, protecting that inner disturbance in particular ways. It, it's hard to even realize we're doing it, Yeah. which is why the first episode episode uh, was all about identifying the voices, right? Like just hearing, being curious about like what actually goes on in here. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a great quote from, so Bessel van der Kolk is this, uh, kind of one of the experts in trauma treatment. And he, he said this thing I really liked. He said, neuroscience research shows that the only way we can change the way we feel is by becoming aware of our inner experience and learning to befriend what is going on inside ourselves. So our tendency is to not befriend what's going on. It is to build glass walls all around whatever's going on or shove it so deep in the dark so that no one else will know those things are happening and we don't want to feel them. We don't want to even know they're happening. And the opposite is true is that getting to know them is where you're going to be free of most of this. Right. And so we'll get to that in in one more second. I just want to know, is there any other choice you think someone who's experiencing loneliness as a chronic sort of inner turmoil and, and thorn what else might they do? What else could they do? To av- in to avoid it or to deaden deaden the pain or to uh, keep it from yeah, to keep that or or solve it or feel better, right? Because isn't that what we're all just asking anyway? It's like how am I gonna feel better? But I mean personally I would go to a place where there's where there's a lot of people in the hopes that I, maybe I'd I'd see someone I know or I'd see someone else in a similar situation and maybe I could, you know, go up and talk to them and it sounds so, so like uh, Mr. Rogers. Maybe I could make a new friend. Um, but uh, but right. uh, yeah, sure, but you know not? that sort of thing. Look for go someplace where you might find some like-minded people. Yeah. Um, okay. Yes. I, might, I might go to a bar and not to drink my problems away, but to sit at the bar and talk to the bartender because they're you know they have to talk to you. Like yeah, they <laughs> are your friend. Yeah. When I would 100%. travel on the road. Uh, it was I was going solo. Um, if I went to a restaurant, I'd make sure it had a bar and I'd sit and eat at the bar so I could chat with a bartender. And then through that, you start talking to the people around you and, and that sort of thing. Hmm. So you were, in, instead of this being like a thorn that needed to be protected or avoided, you were like, oh, I have a need. I'm going to meet that need. Yes. And I'm I'm going to assume, Brian, it's because this is not an inner emotional wound for you, right? This is No. Yeah. You weren't. I don't know if you I can even say I've ever. It's a small thorn. If there's a thorn yeah. at all, it's. If there it's, is, and you like solve one of those it by little, meeting people. Uh, prickly bush thorns that, sure. that you, you can barely feel. You only feel it when your hand brushes against it, and it's really hard to find. Yeah. Yes. I actually don't and know if I. Is, to me, it's like boredom. I don't know if I've ever felt actually lonely. That's a weird thing to say because it sounds like it's a privileged position, and maybe it is, but I've never felt a sense of loneliness. Like, even when I'm alone, I never go, oh. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, maybe I, I, I will if there was, like, tragic loss. Let's say Kim passed away. I would be yeah. a mess. 
and I would know true loneliness suddenly. But up till this yeah. point in my entire life, I've never felt like alone. In fact, I like alone time quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So I don't, it's, it's a hard from, that's why I'm having a hard time grasping onto what I would do because it isn't a thorn for me. If anything, it's like a, I don't know, it's an unknown. I just don't know. I don't know how it feels. Yeah. And so let me tell you that you two are weirdos. Um, (laughs) All right, then. We did it. We nailed it. Because Uh 52% of Americans report feeling lonely. Really? And then another 47% report relationships with others that are not meaningful. Hmm. Only 59% of Americans think have a best friend. And they have some stats, long sort of following relationship stats. And and the one about men is like in 1990, men said they had four to five friends. And now they say they have one, zero to one. Yeah. I read read this somewhere. Yeah. It's not, it's not great. Um, it's not great. You two are on the other percentage. So good for you. But, um, so, so that's what's interesting is you both, because it's not a thorn, you aren't needing to protect the pain part. You just were like, Oh, go talk to someone, right? Like Mm -hmm. solved it. Right. And, and that can happen when we go to a friend or a loved one and we start to share what's going on with us. We're like, why don't you just get outside and get some sunshine? Because that would work for me or Mm. work for you. So Brian's like, go to a bar, talk to the bartender. And you're like, yeah, I am doing everything to not activate my pain. Mm. So that I cannot do, right? So this is where, um, you know, the the your own experience and understanding your own inner world really matter. Yeah. So I didn't, I, I got lucky and didn't pick your, both of your pain points, right? But for many listening, I guarantee this is a major emotional internal inner turmoil. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's a right? problem. I'm yeah, I have no doubt about that. Yeah. yeah. We should ask the same question when uh, Tina goes out of town later this month. She's going to be out yeah. of town for a couple days. And oh, it's like, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Maybe Ryan. I do. Yeah, Kim, Kim, yeah. Uh, Kim's going to Mississippi in a week or something, two weeks, whatever it is, and she'll be there yeah. a whole 10 days or something, and I'm going to be a mess by the end of that, and I don't mean just like mental. Do you have I mean, meals planned and stuff? Are no. Coming? Well, Carter's here, so we're going to work. Carter and I'll work together. <laughs> we'll work together, but in October when she's in Nashville, that's six days of uh, just me and the and the dogs. I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, it's going to okay. be bad. Well, you got to make sure you feed them and stuff. But I will. I mean, there there is a this this is interesting because I all I fully am aware that there are people who experience like maybe even chronic loneliness or really painful loneliness, yeah. and I and I you know my heart goes out to those people. I think we're bad examples because we put ourselves out there so much and have so many relationships connected to being public. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that there are almost days we were just like, dude, I just want to be in a corner. With a, <laughs> I want to be yeah. with a book, and I want to be alone. Everyone leave yeah. me alone. Exactly. Yeah. So we're yeah. bad examples for this. You know? Yes, and it's a varying stage. It will vary in life, right? Like there, and this is where this is where the long term effect of having a wound that is activated so easily, right, is that you will just, you know, it's that whole story of like you're in Denver, you, they move the train five inches to the right. And then you end up in Florida instead of New York, right? Like it, (laughs) it has massive impact over time putting you in a particular direction. Right. And so it just gets worse and and worse. So think about building your entire life around not disturbing this thorn. Hmm. And you're going to get a life that is doing so much, so much effort that could go somewhere else. Right. It could be Something totally different, but we're trying to protect this wound. Yeah. So all of us have a version of this. Nobody gets by without one. 
Um, loneliness is just, I think, so ubiquitous that I, I, I pick that one. Um, so here's what we do about it. And really, the motivation here is we want to get a life back, right? Um, because it really does become such a focus of everything. Mm-hmm. So this is going to sound too simple. And so please forgive me. Um, <laughs> and that is, it's almost like the physical thorn. You, you stop messing around with it. You stop protecting it. And this is why having someone's help to do this can be really beneficial, right? Because it's really hard. You know, like I, I picture like an old medical procedure from the 1800s where you're mm-hmm. like, someone is with you telling you to bite on a leather belt. <laughs> sure. Well, you you kind of need someone. Leeches on your arm or something. Exactly. Yeah, sure. You're yeah. not doing that stuff alone. You are doing that with support. And so someone helping you as you are going to remove this thorn mm. and but but what all of the protection stuff is playing with it and making it making it worse. So the idea is that if once you can identify, oh, here's this thing that just is reoccurring in my life. Um, every time anyone gets near the core of this, I have really strong reactions. Often people will recognize it because they are reacting so big. And then afterwards they feel total shame. Like, why did I act like that? Um, and it's, if you're not able to tune into what it's really about, now we've got your bad behavior to deal with. And then what do I do with that shit? And it just compounds. So we really want to go to the core. Where is this thorn and what is it? Hmm. And how do we um, help you remove it? Because right? you run okay. a risk, so, right? Like even if you have somebody helping you remove your thorn to keep the physical mm-hmm. metaphor going, if if their idea is to help you remove the thorn, great, that's one thing. But if then they say, you know what also is great? Uh, here's a here's a uh, an open uh, uh, Carolina Reaper pepper. I want to grind that into the wound that was your thorn. Like yeah. you can go too far, right? Well, l- well, let me put it this way. I mean, there are definitely people you don't want helping if they're going to do that. <laughs> um, but but here's a here's a way to kind of understand what pain is it's going to be. Yeah. So let's say you've spent all this time um, avoiding removing a physical thorn. And it's now infected. Mm. Like you, the pain's increased, right? Mm. Um, and which is why our body does that. It's like, you dummy, get this out of here. It's like a sliver that means nothing, but I'm going to make you miserable till it's gone. Mm. And that misery is to try to get you to do something about it, typically, right? So, but here's the thing. Whatever original pain you were avoiding, it still needs to be felt. The removal still, that whatever that may be. So let's say it's, um, let's say your parents get divorced. They are, it's, it is really bad and you are torn in between and there's definitely wounded and my loved and worthy kinds of questions that you have when like really core stuff happens to you as a kid. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you're on living your life and each new relationship has like some expiration dates or sabotaging that occur. You know, like you can look on the outside and go, Oh, these things might be related to my, my, uh, you know, childhood wound, but you don't know what to do. You're still protecting it. So I'm going to marry someone who's the opposite of my mom and I'm going to, or whatever you're doing mm-hmm. to shield the original pain. Mm-hmm. Um, when you actually go to remove that thorn, it's going to be the original pain as you have avoided and that avoiding. And it feels a little temporarily better, right? Like our time can go on and I could just think it's not a big deal. But when you go back, that original pain can be felt. And here's the thing, and this is what most people are so afraid of, is it is always less bad than you thought it would be. Mm. 
just like the real thorn, right? You know, it's like, you just like ready, rip it off. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. if you don't, because what we do in our head makes it so much worse. So that's the, the whole reason we're building an entire life around avoiding feeling that pain. Right. So if you're always trying to avoid the pain, then there is one very amazing thing that happens if you just let it be is it sometimes will naturally work itself out. Right. And that naturally working itself out like an actual like sliver coming out itself, maybe is a good way to think about it is prevented because you're now building a cage around your finger. So no one bumps into it. Right. And there's no time or space. And so that could be an emotional release. That could be like, I really cried it out. I threw some stuff. I, you know, I worked out some of those feelings. If we, do the Brian method, which is shove it down in a deep, dark space. Uh, that's what it's maybe called. I, right? Maybe I don't uh, actively practice or recommend that method, but We're just giving you credit for I've identifying. Heard of it. Yeah, okay, that's yeah, okay. You've heard of just wad it up into a ball and shove it down deep. Yeah, keep it in yeah, there. That one. Keep it yeah. yeah, the natural working out maybe won't come. So, in thinking of that, what are your thoughts? Like when you just let something work itself out naturally. Mm. I mean, I think that some of that can come from Brian's example of going to that bar and mingling in the loneliness mm-hmm. example. But uh, mm-hmm. for anything else, it's almost like uh, let's let's say your 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 thorn is more representative of uh, I don't know. Let's say fear of heights. I have that, so yeah. it's it's you know that's a personal one for me. So the way I could work that thorn out would be to. I don't know how to say this, but I guess just go somewhere high and and force myself to experience it. And, no, and exposure therapy, exposure yeah. therapy. Yeah. 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 Immersion. Right. Right. Yes. And you see, you know, with the, the heights, how many years have you been afraid of heights? Go. Since I was a kid, since I was little, as long as I know. So you got way more. I mean, okay, here's a good example. We were all at dinner at your house and a bee shows up and I watched my entire family <laughs> act like <laughs> it was a murder hornet. Yeah. Is this the one Scott ate? No, this isn't the one that got in my mouth the other day. This is a different thing. But oh Wendy's right. It is our. It was the family thing where the bees decided, the hornet, or the wasps, I guess they were, decided yeah. that now was the time. This was the time well, to start showing up because prior to this, no bees all summer. We've been great. No issues. But yeah, that we night, brought out some good food. Yeah. Okay. Boy. But what I watched is from grandmother to son to granddaughter. Yeah. All like, you know, just kind of, and even though I think Taylor tried to be quiet, <laughs> I yeah. could see it in her face. Yeah. And if you'd have seen um, Nick, you would have really seen terror because that kid hates bees. Right. Hates so bees. I'm telling you right now, this, this is where sometimes it's not your own maybe exact memory. It could be, but I mean, mom was attacked by a swarm of bees that went into her hair and stung her head a million times. Yeah. Um, because she literally had a beehive yeah. hairdo, which yep. is funny. Sorry. Anyway, um, <laughs> she did that, in the '60s. That's yeah. what that was. Yeah. And it was full of hairspray and stuff. And so they all flew in there and got stuck and yeah. swarmed. And that would make you afraid of bees forever, guys. Right? Yeah. Now, yeah. what she didn't do, what she did, was protect herself from bees for the rest of her life and yep. trained all her children to be afraid of them. Well, part yes, that and also uh, she's partially responsible for this. But the reason I think it's so bad for me is I had I got uh, a bee got in a shirt while I was riding around on a bike and it stung me, and I'd never been stung before. And I went home freaking out, and I was real little, but I remember this. And mom 
like checked me, couldn't find the stinger, found the bite mark or the place where it's done, but couldn't find it. Shook all my clothes out, did the best she could, sent me back outside, got on my three-wheeler, started riding down the street again. And then I got stung two more times. And the third time the stinger stayed by the same bee that she had in the shirt and never got out. So I have my own little nightmare. Yeah, of course. Thing. Yeah. And that is a perfect example of it will keep happening. <laughs> The thorn will keep getting right. Yeah. And what would it? What would a natural letting this work itself out would be? Is that you know potentially mom would have sought some help, or mom would have processed that trauma. Someone could have helped her. Now we're talking back when mental health wasn't even a thing. So right. I get why maybe none of that happened. But right, so that might be an example. The other version of like um, you know recognizing maybe I've got to expose myself to bees and overcome this, like move towards the pain. Yeah, and, you know, and you're not saying put like hard. a full bee beard on. You mean like, you know, no, don't freak out at dinner when there's one on your plate. <laughs> can you imagine mom you with a go? I'm, mom I with a beard? There's places of, you can go yeah. uh, where you can like, yeah. you know, have have a professional coat you with bees or like mm-hmm. give you a bee beard. I don't think yeah. I could do this. This Those sounds kids got to do it, everybody. Horrendous. Face your fear. Oh there's, my there's places in Vegas where you can have this done. Okay, so so let's mo- let's move back to fear of heights for a second. So I don't know yeah. if you know this, but Grandma, when Mom was like three or four years old, they were on a bike and she was on the back in one of those little car seats. Mm. And our Grandma, they crossed the the Golden State Bridge. Yeah, and they got out to stop and look and take pictures. And Grandma leaned the bike against the railing, so probably not nothing dangerous, but just near it and mom had i mean her fear of heights comes from that moment yeah and i i i think okay so now you have a a parent with fear of heights right so this is kind of an example of how thorns kind of get passed down because that fear is very contagious right Mm. or um and and then how you can actually address them is there's there's ways like exposure etc now this is more like fear-based stuff but but let's go back to loneliness for just a minute so um Let's say you are, you know, feeling lonely. A natural workout might be like, okay, hey, my system is telling me I need people. So if there's no baggage there, I just go to the bar and chat with the stranger like Brian does, right? Mm -hmm. But when there's baggage there and it feels too risky or too scary, then you kind of build a whole world around actually keeping the thorn of loneliness protected, which means it keeps going. Mm. And like the bee, it shows up and you're like, ah, I got to do it. I got to shut it all down or just prevent, prevent, prevent. Right. So the, one option is I'm not going to just leave it with let it work itself out naturally because that sounds it's it is really helpful, but it's hard to maybe do sometimes. Sure. So here's another version. And this is a little more of your um, exposure concept mm. is to let this whatever it is come up. In fact, in fact, invite it, invite the thorn, the pain. And see if you can stay in your observation place. You're in the seat of observing. You're the noticer. That There's so much power. Mm. Because the noticer is already free. The noticer is already not experiencing the pain. It's just noticing. So when you're in the panic or you're in the noticing, you're going to have a very different emotional reaction. So the idea is that you bring it up to witness it and then work on letting it go. And the more you sit in that, observer seat or in, in psychological terms, we call it self. When you sit more in self where you're curious, you're observant, you're open, um, the 
the more you can see it like you're watching a movie as opposed to you are in the movie, right? It's also a little bit of, there's a little bit of something to watching somebody else deal with it well. Like my yeah. um, my brother, 100%. Matt, our, our brother, Matt, our Korean weirdo brother, Matt, who came to America when he was like nine or something. He had, he came here and one of the first things he did, one of my first memories of him is going out to the backyard and him catching wasps with his bare hand for no mm-hmm. reason, just to catch them. Oh no, he was pulling their, I don't, for whatever reason, pulling their stingers out. So he would yeah. catch a bee and he would hold on to it or a hornet and he would grab tweezers and pull the little thing out. And he thought that was great. He also microwaved grasshoppers. There's a whole thing. He did all <laughs> yeah, There's a lot of gross things. But one going. time when he did that, he got stung and I went, that's what happens. You get stung. You know, I'm, I'm like over there yeah. going, preaching to the, to the world about yeah. how horrible bees are. And he looks at it, doesn't make a sound, didn't even really bug him, looks at his hand, finds a brick wall. And grinds his hand on this brick wall, bloody, until there's no stinger in there, and then moved on to the next weird thing he did. And oh, we got- I know that oh. sounds crazy, but there was something about that that made me go, "Oh, I guess you're in charge. It's not the bee. <laughs> you're the adult." Yeah, <laughs> right. He was a very odd little dude, but when he did things like that, it actually kind of inst- it weirdly gave me confidence around bees for a for a period of time. So even the other night when he's out there and he's dealing with the bees, he's just batting them away, smacking the wasp in the face. And the wasp never I came know. to do anything to him. And, and I'd look at that it's and like just go, know. like, what the frick? What even are wasp you? Wasp knows they smell fear. But he can't right? see. He's and got so- the same problem, though, or he's got his own problems. We were talking about our uncle just passed away. And I go, Matt, you going to come to the funeral? And he goes... Oh, I no. cannot! I cannot see dead body. Cannot do it. Cannot do it. Yeah, because yeah, he grew up next to a cre- crematorium, crematorium as an orphan. Exactly. In- oh, like God, really? There's his oh, trauma. Yeah, right? there's his trauma. He Which, can't even smell. Which, by the way, smell. he says smells like pancakes. So yeah. every time I eat a pancake, I think, okay, Ooh. yeah. Okay. Wrong he here. says it's like a sickly, almost like a, a, a syrup Sweet. smell taste. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's gross. Okay, anyway. so so let me tell you my my bee because I come from the same fear of bee lineage. I've never been stung, but I was sure afraid of them for no reason, right? Yeah. Because mom taught me to be afraid of them. And then I marry someone who's like, we don't act this way. (laughs) (laughs) And really helped me just like relax around bees. And then my kids have been stung a couple times. And, you know, Abe specifically, he gets to choose one freshman seminar class. It's just for fun. Guess what? He's The class is on bees. Yeah. Like, totally. tell me that's not a full circle, right? Totally. So, yeah, total immersion. Thank goodness someone <laughs> not of our lineage moved into my family. Anyway, but but okay. So so let me finish with the loneliness thing because I think this is this is helpful. So if it's tempting to avoid situations that would allow some of these lonely feelings to come up, um, it, of course that makes sense. We don't want to feel the pain, but they when we are in those situations, they will come up and they can be released, right? Like those bees can show up and you can relax and the bees will go away. Like you, that option isn't there if you do everything to stop that from happening. So for example, say you're watching TV, you are absolutely in the observer seat, enjoying what you're seeing. It's fun, you know, blah, blah, blah. And now a couple falls, falls in love, falls asleep, falls in love uh, in the movie and your loneliness thorn gets activated. So what do you do? So you can turn it off, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you can notice that you noticed. Like, yeah, look at me noticing that my Hmm. loneliness thorn has been activated and that you are the subject noticing the object, which is maybe the melodrama that might get stirred up. Aren't aren't you worried, though, that that your inner roommate's going to go, hey, what are you doing over there? What are you doing with the thorns or whatever? 
Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. You're just observing the inner roommate. Okay. You're going, you are the subject and you're noticing the roommate. Okay. And you're noticing the drama that sort of. So he's not like a he's somebody. not like a separate party butthole being a jerk in the room. No, no, okay. no, no. no. Right. He's just reacting, right? Or right. they're reacting. Okay. And then here's the here's the way out. The way out is you can't if you avoid watching the TV show and turn it off. You have just said, "Yeah, we don't do that. We don't watch anything that makes us sad." You've just built another layer around your, your thorn, right? Right. But if you sit and you practice noticing that you noticed. And that you are actually the subject here and that the, the the storm of emotion is separate from you. The way out is to just notice who is noticing. Because notice who feels the loneliness. Who's, who's a, who feels the not loneliness? Is it you or is it the roommate? Mm. Right? Mm. And the noticer is already free. It can just see a thing and let it go, just like you can do with a TV show. You can see a thing, witness it, and it moves past, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And this may sound like, what? That sounds too easy. It's not. Uh, it's not too easy. It is takes practice. It's also not as hard as we absolutely make it, just like the physical thorn. We build a castle around so no one can touch it and then end all our relationships so no one gets near our pain. Right? You think that's easy? Yeah. That's like a lifetime of work and lot. effort and yeah. and having it backfire in major ways, right? Versus we let these thorns, we notice them, they come up, they get released. So the bee is another example of just like I and then by the way, I have been stung. I was forty two years old. Wow. It was the day I was moving, packing up, leaving Sweden, and a bee flew in and stung me on the toe and left. And I was like, you mother. Because <laughs> I got so far in life without a bee sting. And it felt like I'm already sad to leave Sweden. How dare you? Yeah. Um, but it but it was and it hurt like a lot. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but guess what? It just kind of went away. I could have added that to, oh, no, see, it's proof. World's a terrifying place. Look out, um, bees. And then yeah. train my children to be afraid. Yeah. And now they're going to be beekeepers. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. We could use them too. Right. These are bees are endangered. So, so uh, did you feel a little bit like um, I don't know? It feels like people who went three year, three and a half years without getting COVID suddenly get COVID. It's kind of like that feeling of oh man, my streak. Yeah. You know what? This is another streak, Brian. We got a Johnson streak mm, that got broken. God, we needed a new one of these. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't barfed since you know two thousand five. Was till I ate a whole hamburger. It was something like uh, twenty five years. Really. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh. I used to have this like oh it's unlucky to eat the last bite, and it was. 25 years, and I'm pretty sure Adam said to me, okay, if you love me, eat that. Because <laughs> it's so annoying, because I was still hungry. And I'd be like, okay, well, it's funny. bad luck. I yeah. love that. Magical Tina thinking does, runs Tina in our something family. something that we, we call the Tina 10%, where whatever she's eating, <laughs> she leaves the last 10% of it on her plate. Wow. The the Tina She'd make 10. a good Swede. That, they call it the Swedish bite. You, you don't ever, especially in a group, ever take the last item. So an entire table will be full of one thing left on every plate yeah Dang, and i didn't dude. know that and i just busted and ate all the last bits of things wow People were like, but now oh, what happens now is there so a burger greedy. if you've got a burger in front of you what do you do now do you leave oh, it i on? do i eat it i was 25 i decided i loved him more than i loved my stupid made-up streak <laughs> i know i practically squeegee the plate into my mouth <laughs> <laughs> i know when i'm done i'm looking for bread it's like is there some right, bread exactly. I can soak all you this up? Finish that? You gonna finish that? You yeah, gonna finish that? I do that all yeah. the time. More bread. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so in in summation, so I can go eat because you guys are making me hungry. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, this idea of like the noticer has all the power. And in that very act of noticing, you have, you know, you're, you're starting to remove the thorn. So if I was somebody who like, you know, it's like, this is not a massive thing and I need professional help. This is just sort of the thing like that's been bugging you. Yeah. Do something on purpose to have it come up and literally sit. Like maybe you're sitting as you bring it up and then move seats to the observer seat mm-hmm. just in your mind. Okay. I am observing what happens when, you know, okay. They show a couple on TV and look at the circus that starts yeah. right yeah. and you're just observing it that act alone is what makes us really special as a species right yeah, yeah. um it's true extra, what, uh, the rest of them aren't doing thoughts. that i don't know of any like you know i don't think dogs right. dogs are not aware of their self well, and, and who else messes with their well okay a few of them do when they can right like cows get into fermented whatever for fun yeah. if yeah. they can but like who else tries to alter their perception and the reality all the time we do yeah, right yeah mm-hmm. why else is that human. stuff appealing and this is just a, a stone cold sober version that doesn't have only has good side effects really yeah. yeah so give it a try and then if anyone has any follow-up thoughts or questions or they want us me to like run through the three steps with something they provide or whatever i'm happy to do that okay um I just thought a series would be fun. And here's the series. Here it is. Series conclusion. Don't forget this series. It'll rerun this summer before uh, all the premieres in the fall. (laughs) Um, We're waiting for it to get into syndication. Can't wait for that. Oh, that's when the big money happens. Yeah, that's the big money. (laughs) Wendy, before you go. You know what humans love? We love drama. And this would be like drama reducing. Oh, hell yeah. Buckle up. Get ready for the comedy is what we're bringing you. Um, Real quick, I have a a sound you made last time you were on that I saved. (laughs) And I just want to play it because it's great. So it's short. Here it is, like less than a second. That's a sound. <laughs> I don't know. You should have Brian's little thing about throwing up and then make that sound. Yeah. Oh, I think he has. I've probably done various versions of that. But anyway, I'm going to keep that forever. It's a very special moment we'll always cherish. And uh, like yeah. today's episode, really. Uh, Wendy, have a fantastic week. Yeah. Thank you for all this. And uh, You're I hope, uh, hope Abe's settling in and having a good time. And uh, yes. nobody's bringing Wonderful. weed into the room. All right. I'll see you next time. <laughs> Uh, all right, there's that. We did it. Uh, we got a quick uh, little note here, some some programming, uh, programming. reminder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a cover villa one. Brian brought that up earlier. Correct. But yep. uh, reminder. Led Zeppelin, if you're uh, familiar with the band. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ah, that's the song I look forward to. That's right. Uh, core at 5 p.m. tonight. Core, that's right. The video game podcast that you have come to know and love will be at 5 p.m. We have a lot to talk about. Big week for some new stuff, including uh, early access for. Um, uh, Starfield, which Star. launches. Oh, Starfield, right. Yeah. Yep. Sea of Stars also came out, and it's fantastic. That's what I hear, yeah. Really good. If you like JRPGs, it's like a no-brainer. It's so good. Cool. Anyway, uh, that'll be that. And then on uh, Film Sack this weekend, we're watching Man on Fire, Denzel Washington, uh, Tony Scott joint, uh, Dakota Fanning, very young still in this. Very cool movie. One of my, actually, one of my secret favorites. So we'll we'll see how yeah, it holds before up. Before they get reunited for um, the new Equalizer film. I guess oh, they did. She's in that. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's yeah. crazy. That's cool. She plays love interest. No, I'm, I don't know. Oh Just my kidding. lord. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I uh, I did. I've only seen the first one of those. I don't. I don't know how the second or uh, whatever is. Yeah, I don't. I think I've only seen the first one as well. Now that you say that, yeah, they're kind of wick like. John Wick. Yes, it's a Wick like. It's a Reacher like. Yeah, it's a Reacher like. <laughs> so check that out. Um, anyway, uh, Man on Fire this weekend. Watch for that. 
And uh, we will be doing our play date on Saturday after Film Sack. So we are aiming for about 11.30 a.m. And if you want to come play with us, that's a TMS play date. Still don't know what we're playing. I've been doing some research on some possible new game experiences, but most of them are either less players than we want or whatever. I'm open to any suggestions. You know, we usually play things like Among Us or the Jackbox games. I'd love a One Night Werewolf style thing. Is We're not... uh are we close to a new Jackbox, or did we just get one and I forgot? Uh, we're something? close to their. We we have their latest, but we're we're getting close to their reported. Uh, oh, 10. Jackbox Party Pack Ten is coming. Yeah, and I think that's maybe October. this fall. Yeah, October. I think they're yeah. coinciding that though with like a launcher that will let you piecemeal all of their games and go. I want this and this and that. I mean, we already own them all, so it's not a big deal. But they're basically finally making like a hub for every game they've ever made and so you can just wow buy them individually and add them to your launcher kind of thing which i think would be really fun that's a great way to compile your favorites or whatever but i wouldn't mind jackbox again but i'm just curious if anybody yeah. out there said you know has some rad idea uh let us know and we'll happy to consider it but that's this uh weekend saturday at 11:30 a.m be there yeah. Uh, also support us on Patreon. Yeah. Tomorrow's a brand new month. Great time to join up at patreon.com slash TMS. We need your support more now than ever. And look, uh, inflation may go up, but we haven't. Okay. We stayed the same. Our prices have not budged. So take advantage of that. You go out there and mm-hmm. you pay your five bucks a gallon for gas. And you're like, oh, I remember when it was three fifty. Yeah. But over here at TMS, you're still paying that, that $1 or that five bucks or that whatever you're paying a month. That hasn't changed. That hasn't gone up. So, you know. Come on over. Take advantage. Do it of before it. we we do decide to raise our prices. I've been thinking about it. we should raise our prices, Scott. Let's let's do it. We'll raise our prices. But man, if anybody gets in right now and mm. gets on the Patreon, they won't have their prices. You'll be raised, grandfathered so. in. Exactly. Yeah. Here's the yeah. other thing to say. Sony just announced they're going. They're doing a, even just for the basic level, thirty three percent price hike on PlayStation Plus. It's a heinous price increase. It's horrible. Wow. Are wow. we doing that? No. No. Game Pass is going up. That's going up. Bunch of other stuff going up. Are we going up? No, we're not going up. Not yet anyway, so get in while you can. That's uh, patreon.com slash TMS. All right, Brian, cool. we should get out of here. Uh, do you have a song to play here now? <sighs> hey, you know what I do? I have one. I found one. Look oh, that. thank goodness. This one's going out to Glitch. says, good morning, Scream and Banshee. Your recommendal segment called me from the gothic halls that I dwell. No clue how many times you said glitch, but it was far more than five, and now I got bees all over. I bring you the hauntedly vocalization, those don't work right there, of the classic Susie and the Banshees song, City of Dust. Also, it's called Cities in Dust by Nightclub Glitch. Come on, man. Come on. (laughs) Proofread these. Uh, Hope you people love it like I did. Your number one Iowa fan, which is idiot out wandering around. P.S. You all are sleeping on Street Fighter VI and modern controls. Um, Look. I like Street Fighter, and I think Six looks amazing. I'm just not in a in a fighting game mood. I, I do like I do want to try out their story mode and all that stuff. Looks really fun, but I'm just not in the mood for a fighting I'm game. Rarely in a fighting game. Rarely. Yeah, I'm not even that excited about. I mean, I'm excited about the new Mortal Kombat, but only really for the story. I don't actually want to play it. Is that a weird <laughs> thing to say? It's just kind of no weird head. at all. No. Yeah. I'm behind you 100%. All right, so here it is. Susie and the Banshees song Cities in Dust covered by the band Nightclub. All right, that'll do it for us. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week starting Tuesday, taking Monday off for the holiday, okay? That's what we do. Because we love you. Because we love you. So don't waste your day. Go out and do labor. All right, do some labor. (laughs) All right, that'll do it for us. We'll see you then.
Get more at frogpants.com. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.